Now, I, I will just let you know that this is the deacon's weekend to preach. So, <laughs> we're going to all figure out what the Lord wants to tell us together. Um, luckily, I, uh, I am a priest, so I read the Bible, you know, like once a week. And I am familiar with what the readings are supposed to be and what we just read. So here are my thoughts, okay? The problem with the third servant in this gospel is not that he was bad at business. He may have been, but it says very clearly the first two were very good with what they were doing, right? They had proven already that they were good in business, it said in the gospel. So the master gave them according to their need or to their, their ability. It wasn't like they were unproven. It wasn't that he had never used them before in business. He knew their worth. He knew what their strengths were. And he said, look, go do this, all right? I'm entrusting this to you. The problem with the third servant is that he did not know the master. He did not understand him. He did not, uh, he could not wrap his mind around the mind of the master. And that is where the problem came. If, actually, give it back to me. <laughs> we, we see from the text itself, he says, uh, okay, so the first servant and the second servant, he says, good. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Since you were faithful in small matters, I will give you great responsibilities. Here's the line. Come share your master's joy, right? The master himself was happy because of what the servants had done. Yeah, he, he got more rich, but he was, I think, more proud that they had been faithful, right? Good stewards of what he had given them. Now, what he says to the last one, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I did not plant and gather where I did not scatter, but you still acted inappropriately, right? He says, you should have known me. You should have known my heart. You should have known my actions. You should have seen the whole history of how we have interacted and known what I expect from you in the future. Who else is hearing really big overtones of God in that? Anyone? Because that's what he does with us, right? He's like, look, I've given you a little bit of responsibility. You did great. So now I'm going to give you more. Or I've given you this little bit of responsibility. Why are you hiding it? Like, we teach kids in the, the, um, the vacation Bible school that little song, uh, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine, right? And we say what? Not going to hide it under a bushel. No. Why? Because that is squandering the talent that the Lord has given you. It's a silly way to teach this gospel to children, but it is this gospel, is it not? I'm not going to squander, I'm not going to bury the talent that I have in the ground so that no one can see it and it cannot be used. Where is the ground? We see in another gospel, right? The seed is scattered among many places, the path, the rocky soil, the thorn soil, and the good soil. So if we are trying to hide stuff in the earth, right? Metaphorically speaking, we can hide our talents within ourselves like the, the earth of that, that gospel parable about the seed, we are supposed to be that fertile soil. So I'm using the analogy that we can all go stick our heads in the soil, right? We can also just bury our talent in that heart of ours and say, no, no, I've been hurt by the world. I don't want to share anymore. This thing that is personal and intimate to me, I don't want to give it to others because it may be abused. That's why the, the, uh, the servant runs and hides because he's afraid. If I do this, it could go terribly. But if I do this, it could also go wonderfully. So let's go back to the first reading. And I just want to say, I am the authority on what makes a good wife, okay? 
But if you read, where's the book? If you read the actual text of what it says to describe the woman in the reading, it's not that she is a lovely person. It's that she does good with the skill that she has, right? Her husband entrusting his heart to him. So look, if he is the master of the house in ancient Jewish thinking, the master delegates to those people he trusts, right? So he gives his heart, not, not his wealth, something much more valuable. He gives his heart to her to then go multiply and say, here, this is my most valued possession. <laughs> Don't bury it. Her husband, entrusting his heart to her, has an unfailing prize, right? Like, well, couldn't you have just put my money in the bank where it would have at least gotten interest? This is saying that the wife is better than the bank because it, she doubles his investment more than just the bare minimum interest would. It's an unfailing price. She brings him good, not evil, all the days of her life. Obtains wool and flax and works with her loving hands. Why do I bring this up? Because the gospel isn't about money. The gospel is about time, talent, and treasure. Lastly, treasure. We, as a Catholic church, want your time, your talent, and lastly, we want your money. I'm very serious about that. Tithing is supposed to go in that order. Time first, talent second, money last. But it's much easier just to throw money at the problem and say, someone else feed the poor. Someone else take care of the old people. Someone else save the babies. If I have no time, okay. If I have no skills whatsoever, maybe the answer is throwing money at a problem. But I guarantee, even if you have one talent, it can be useful for the church. So the, the extolling of the good virtue of the wife in this book of Proverbs is not that she herself is a good person because she's a good person. She devotes herself to her family, not in a giving away of herself that is an annihilation of who she is as a person, but she gives her time to care for those whom she loves. She uses her talents as a homemaker, a mother, a wife, a whatever she is to take care of all of those people and make their hearts grow because they have been entrusted to her, right? This is what the church wants you to do in your spiritual life. It wants you to make those people, I'm sorry, help those people that have entrusted their heart to you in various different ways. Your family entrusts their heart to you on a very deep level. Your, uh, your spouse on the deepest level. Your children, I'm not sure where that falls in deeper than spouse or left, but I'm sure it's great, right? But you have all these different levels of where you are giving your heart to, hoping that the person doesn't abuse it, doesn't hide it, doesn't squander it, but that it multiplies the love you feel not only for them, but that they have for you. So we see that the reading is showing the way we should interact with humanity. We give first of our time. We help the church in that way. I volunteer for the things that I know I can do and I'm good at. And then I give my talent. If I don't really have time, but I've got a particular set of skills, like Liam Neeson in some movies that he's done, right? I need to give that talent to the church. That analogy's going to get weird if I go any further in it. But <laughs> very lastly, if you can do no, no other things, no, you cannot visit a sick or shut-in person. You can instruct no ignorant people of the beauty of the faith. You can give no drink or food to the hungry or the thirsty. You can visit no imprisoned people. If you cannot, for whatever reason, do any of the corporal works of mercy, you can always do the spiritual works of mercy. But then you can also always just donate your money, right? That's the last thing we want because that says, I can't do this myself, but here's the help to go make sure that it happens. We don't want the hungry people to be hungry, but if I don't personally have the time, 
that says something about my life. But if the last and only thing I can do is do what the majority of Catholics do and just throw their money in the plate and say, I'm done, then the church will accept that as well. We would much, much rather have you volunteer for programs that we're doing. We would much rather have you give your talent to the church. I'll tell you what, the talent that I have seen poured into this place, do you know what this looked like weeks ago? I mean, the carpet may be indication that there used to be bank teller lines right here, but the talent and time that was donated to this church by you is impressive. So I won't harp on this, this gospel anymore because it seems like maybe this community gets it. But for those of us who need a little bit more reminding, that's why the gospel is here. Because it wants us to know that the way that we be fully alive and that we live the joy of the master, the Lord, right? He says, come share in my joy. The only way to do that is to fully give of ourselves and to give our time, our talent, and our treasure.